how many springs does an official bowl have in it? How many springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why well, does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in this room. How come this room ain't bouncing? Hey, everybody. This is your host, Chris Hasekwat. You're listening to the Love Means Nothing Tennis Podcast. I am sitting here still by the lake. Shirt's off, bucket hat is on, and I'm not in the sun where I should be. I'm in a dark, very hot room because I close the windows because this mic literally picks up everything, and I'm sweating a little bit. I haven't put on deodorant probably for about six days now. May stink a little bit, but uh, it doesn't matter. Let's talk tennis here. Uh, day six has finished at Wimbledon. Um, there is seriously a lot to talk about. Okay, I started going through some things earlier today, what I should discuss, and the ideas started flowing. Okay, it was like, remember that Russell Crowe movie when he was this genius? Okay, what the fuck was that movie called again? Uh, anyway... And those like, you know, these pictures and equations start start showing up in his head and he starts writing it on the glass of his dorm. That's kind of how this went down today, okay? I'm a creative, what can I say? So let's just jump into it. Let's get into the draw because I'm sure as I go through the draw, a lot of things will come to mind. Actually, but I got to start with this. Okay, that 11 p.m. curfew at Wimbledon is starting to really piss me off. Okay, it makes no sense. If you start a match, finish the match. The crowd is there. Everyone wants to see it done. I don't know why they ended at 11 p.m. Is it because, like, it'll hurt the grass more if people are stomping around on it at night? You need to give it time, okay, to grow again and repair itself for the next day? Maybe. Maybe that's true. But it doesn't matter. If you start a match, you got to finish it, okay? Murray and Sitsipas. Sitsipas won in five sets. We'll get into that. But if it was actually played and finished on the same day, 85% chance that Murray would have won that match. Okay, he lost the first to Sitsipas. He won the next two sets. Okay, he had only two unforced errors in the second, four unforced errors in the third set. All the momentum. Okay, the crowd was going nuts. He was feeling it. Then. The 11 p.m. curfew hit. They had to stop the match. Okay, Murray's body will not recover as quickly as Sitsa passes. Okay, the next day, you know, it all kind of starts over again. And Sitsa pass goes and wins the fourth and fifth set, won the match. Murray obviously put up a good effort. It was still close. But if it was played on the same day, Murray would have taken that match. It's bullshit. Okay, we have Djokovic and Warenka last night. They go on court with two hours to play. So if there's going to be a winner on that day, they have to win in three. Okay, and who does that favor? For sure that favors Warenka. I know he lost in three, but let me explain. Okay, in a best of five, you're not going to be Joker because the guy is so dialed in. He knows how much energy to exert exactly for a best of five, whether to put it out there, to hold it back, to reframe himself, when to get, when to let his emotions go, when to hold them back, everything, okay? The guy just knows exactly what to do. So he wins the first set against Warenka. He wins the second set easily. And then the third goes to a tiebreak, 
Okay, he he was down in that tiebreak and ended up winning it. But let's just say he loses that tiebreak to Warrank to Warrenka. If it was played on the same day, Djokovic is winning the fourth set and and if not the fourth, definitely the fifth. Okay, Warrenka is not going to win three sets straight off of him. But if it goes to the next day, Warrenka gets a good sleep, whatever, and he goes in there. His mindset is completely different. They're p- playing basically just the best out of three, and Warrenka needs to win two straight. You know what I mean? He could go in there and potentially do that. Unlikely, but it's potent- it's possible. So that whole curfew thing is complete bullshit. Start the matches earlier if you have to. Let them play to midnight, 1 a.m., whenever whenever it needs to go to. They don't start the matches typically as they as, as late as they do in like the U.S. Open, for example. So they're not going to go play till 3 a.m. You can control the schedule. And, you know, you can make, make it go. If it goes 5, maybe it'll go to midnight, maybe even 12.30. But so be it. Let them play. Okay, that's... That's my chip on my shoulder, all right? It's bullshit. Um, what else is bullshit? I don't know. Oh, the journalists in tennis are bullshit. Okay, where do they find these people? All right, so I'm specifically re- referring to tennis. these tennis journalists in the post-game conferences. I don't know why I'm so angry. Okay, I'm on vacation still, but I'm angry. Um... With asking Bedosa after her match, I'll play it. And then with Azarenka after her match, okay? Honestly, where do they find these people? Let's play the Bedosa one. He said, congratulations on your win. You missed some matches because of injury. Could you please tell us about your fitness and confidence level, please? For your information, I just lost. I didn't win. So, um, yeah. Um, she didn't win. Not win? No. no. some matches. Missed, you missed some matches because of injury. Yes. Okay. Could you please tell us about your con- uh, fitness and confidence level? Uh, well, I'm not feeling... Uh... So this commentator literally right after Bedosa lost the first set, like 6-1 or 6-2, and then retires 1-0 down in the second. This journalist asks her, 30 minutes later, or 20 minutes later, what did he say exactly? Oh, he said, congratulations on your win. And then she says, I lost. What a bunch of idiots. Like, how could you be that stupid? And I and I tweeted it at Chris Hasekwat. 15 followers now, used to have seven last week. Big jump. That's a 100% jump right there. Um, I said, you know, if you think you're bad at your job, watch this. It'll make you feel better. That's not all, guys. Here's an Azarenka post-game interview. I was going to ask, for a, ask a question on the similar lines, but just, just what does Wimbledon mean to, to Russia? Is it, is, is, it, is, it, is it big over there again, just in terms of its in, uh, part of place and culture? And you do know I'm not from Russia. Well, yeah, yeah, just, just in terms of uh, uh, just being, being on tour at all, is, it, if, if you, is, is, that, is that something that you've become aware of at all, of, of, its, of its significance? Okay, you you'll have to s- spill it a bit more directly to me because I'm not understanding the question. It's, it's just 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 in terms of internationally how how you how you see um, Wimbledon's Wimbledon's culture. And now he's just rambling. How big, bigger tournament you see it across internationally, and you obviously played digging them self digging that hole even deeper. Do you, do you, do you feel the, the, the tournament is? Okay, so let me just clarify. You asking me. How big do I feel that Wimbledon is on the international stage? 
or what it means to me. Well, she meant on, on the international stage and just be, being on tour. It's just a question that we were we were asking around around its impact in Russia, um, and, and this is the first time that Russian players are, are allowed here this year. She's now laughing. Okay, we don't need to listen to that anymore. Anyway, so this tennis journalist, in quotations, um, asked Azarenka, who's from Belarus, what's it like for Russian players playing at Wimbledon and all that stuff, right? She's obviously not Russian. How do you not know that? Okay, if this is your job, like, how do you not know that Azarenka is from Belarus and not Russian? But you know what? She's actually more American, I would say, than anything now. She's probably an American citizen. Okay, I think she had a child with an American. She lives, like, in California or Florida or one of the Sunshine States. And um, it'll actually be interesting because she's playing Svitolina next match. And Svitolina, who's Ukrainian, will not shake hands with anybody from Belarus or Russia. Okay, but Azarenka, like, is she even Belarusian at this point? You know what I mean? She's lived in America for so long. She's so American that I personally think if Svitolina doesn't shake her hand, like, I don't know. It's not cool. Like, she needs to, I think, kind of move on from that, in my opinion. Azarenka will probably just be like, well, what the fuck? Um, So it won't look good for Svitolina. You know, if she doesn't shake her hand after the match, whoever wins, we shall see. Mar- okay, let's move on. Margaruza, okay, she announced that she is not in retirement right now, even though she's taken the year off. Okay, but she plans on coming back next year. Personally, I don't think it's going to go well. She, For me, she doesn't really love the game. I've always thought that, just, just kind of watching her approach to it all. She always kind of seems... Like, it's more of a job than a passion, to be honest. She's also been a little slow on court. Her movement is pretty bad. And when you take a year off of not playing and you get a year older, your movement is only going to get a little bit worse. And as a result, I just don't think she'll be able to move well enough and keep up with the players. So what's the point? Okay, in my opinion, she should probably just continue this extended vacation, however she wants to put it, and go into retirement. She's okay for the game. She's obviously good looking. Her personality is a little weird. Like she could have branded herself so much better and so made so much more money, but she didn't. She needs better people around her. I could be one of those people. Kevin Anderson also announced, okay, Mr. Flamboyant himself, the ultimate draw. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to be sarcastic here. Kevin Anderson brings nobody to the courts. He's worse than a serve bot. He has zero personality. I would say he's even, I wouldn't say he's worse than Kennan, but he's bad. At 37 years old, he announced that he's coming out of retirement. He's going to try and make a return. It's not going to go well. Don't even bother. Saudi Arabia approached WTA. I thought they had just approached ATP about investing in the ATP. They've also approached the WTA. And now there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. Okay, I'm going to slow down. I started talking really fast for some reason. Don't know why. Maybe I'm kind of bored with what I'm even saying. If you, if I'm bored with what I'm saying, you guys must be insanely bored. I got to get to the good stuff. But what I'm trying to say here is someone on the WTA, maybe a hypocrite like a Renee Stubbs. I don't know who it was. But they said, well, yeah, it's Saudi Arabia, but women will get equal prize money. It's like, okay, 
So you're willing to take money from a country that has basically no rights for women. So some elite women, a small group of elite women can fill their pockets more on the WTA. That doesn't make sense. Take the Saudi money if you want, but don't like, let's just be honest with what this is all about. Okay. And don't act like you're for women's rights. Okay. If it's just about the money, I'm just saying. You didn't even hear it. You didn't even hear it from me first, okay? People have been talking about this for a few days. Uh, I'm basically just repeating what they're saying, but I thought the same thing. Um, okay, guys, let's get through the draw. I'm pulling it up here. Um, all right. So, Alcaraz played his third round against Jari today. And it was a good match. And I thought it was going to be a good match because Alcaraz played Jari in the finals of a tournament in South America earlier this year. And it went to three tight sets. I think it, Alcaraz may have won it 7-5 or 7-6 in the third. If my memory is correct, Jari might have had a match point during that match as well. So the guy can compete with him on clay, which is Alcaraz's arguably... Not me. I think it's his favorite surface. Maybe hardcore is, but it's de- he definitely prefers it over grass. Okay, so now he's playing Jari on grass, and Jari seems pretty good on grass. You know, he's got a big serve. His strokes are pretty compact. Okay, he's got a decent volley. He's got a large wingspan, so he's good. Anyway, but I thought I was a little concerned for Alcaraz, but he did win it in four sets. It was a good match. Berrettini, everybody. Berrettini is back. This is crazy to me because I don't know where I don't know where this came from. Berrettini, okay, he even said in his post-game um, conference on court that playing five days in a row is not a big deal to him because in the last few months he's been in bed, you know, in the evenings crying because he's not able to play tennis because of the injuries, i.e., the ankles. Um, so I actually, that was a pretty heartwarming thing to say. The crowd loved it. Um, you know, I like it because it just shows how much he loves the game, how passionate about, about it he is. But he, to be honest, you know, he's been playing like shit and he's obviously been hurt. So how he's been able to turn it around for Wimbledon is very impressive. I don't know where it's come from. So he just beat Zverev. Okay. In three straight sets, 6-3, 7-6, 7-6, Zverev played well, okay? Like, he he played pretty, like, a a pretty tight match, but Berrettini just, man, the guy has loose wrists, okay? Like, when he's, like, serving and hitting his forehand, his, he gets so much snap in that wrist, it's crazy, okay? So maybe he doesn't need strong ankles if he's got a wrist like that. Um, And then before that, Berrettini beat Dimignor, right? And Dimignor just got to the finals in, I think it was Queens, before losing Alcaraz. So he's been playing good on grass. And everyone thought Dimignor was going to win that match, and Berrettini killed him in three. And before that, Berrettini beat Sinego in five, the first round, you know, to to strike his revenge because Sinego beat him like two and one in a grass court warm-up three weeks ago. So Berrettini is looking good. I'm hoping he can keep it up because he plays Alcaraz 
in the fourth round. I don't think anybody expected that matchup. They expected I expected Zverev versus Alcaraz. I thought Zverev was going to beat Demignor in the third, but Berrettini has hit the scene, and um, it's good to see. So that's going to be a good match. Tiafo and Dimitrov were supposed to play today, okay? But I don't know if it's because of the curfew and the other matches lasted however long that they weren't able to get it in. So this is the only third round that has not uh, been played. And that's going to be a real dinger, guys. That's going to be a good match. Um, They're playing like on court two. I don't know. I think that should, to me, that should be like a center court match. But I don't know. Um... They were supposed to play today. I th- I'm pretty sure they were supposed to play today. I'm not 100% sure, but since the other third rounds were supposed to be, be, were played today, I assume it was supposed to be played today. And because the Fokina-Rune match went so long that I'll get into, I'm assuming it might have been on that court, and then it got delayed. I personally think this is probably better for Dimitrov because he's just a little bit more of a veteran, and he'd be able to compose himself. I'm sure Tiafo got himself all hyped for playing today and it's a little bit of a downer where you don't actually step on the court so you know he might have you know I don't know like he might not be as up as he would have been today so I like I like Tiafo's game right now I think if they were both playing you know at 100% Tiafo should beat him but it's possible that Dimitrov squeaks this one out Dimitrov apparently has the hardest serve of the tournament so far I was surprised to see that. So he's obviously striking the ball well. So Tiafo needs to be careful. Um, both of those guys have had pretty easy. Yeah, they've had easy. Uh, they've had easy matches getting there. They're round one and two. They're both straights, no problem. They're going to be go, both going in very healthy. Lots of rest. So we'll see what happens. Moving down. We had probably, maybe the Sitsipas-Murray match was the match of the tournament. If if that wasn't, this would be. Okay, they're both, top, they're definitely top two. David, or David, I'm not even going to say the first part of his name. It's too hard. Anyway, Fokina versus Rune. Okay, Rune beat him in five sets. Okay, beat him in the super tiebreak in the fifth, 10-8. If you're a tennis fan, you know already what happened. Okay. Even though this only happened about four or five hours ago, I'm going to tell you again, you're going to hear it again. At 8-all, Fokina ended up serving underhand. It was a poor underhand serve. Rune read it, came in there. Fokina followed it up to the net, even after realizing that it was a really poor underhand serve. And then Rune just had a very easy cross-court forehand put away. Okay, It actually couldn't have been any easier. Um, what did Fokina have to say about that? Okay, I'm just pulling up. This is Fokina's quote after, at it all. I said, I have to accept what happened. I shit myself and did not want to play that point. Guys, I love the honesty. He obviously had massive nerves. He didn't want to play the point and he did shit himself. Okay, serving underhand, like, okay, if it worked out and you hit a beautiful underhand serve, people would probably be like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. So he was taking a massive risk doing it, but it was dumb. You know, Rune wasn't even playing that far back, okay? It wasn't well disguised. I didn't, I don't know if he tried an underhand serve earlier in the match, if this was something he was doing or not, to be honest, but it didn't work out well. Rune was down. Rune had two match points against him in the fifth. 
Okay, he was down 1540 on his serve at 5-4, I believe. He was down like 5-8 in the super tiebreak. He was down 2-6 at the super tiebreak. He just got through. Okay, Runeza ha- has had a few of these epic matches recently. Um, in the French, who did he play? Where was that? Was it against? No, it was right be- the match before Rude when he lost. He had an epic match. In uh, Australia, he had that epic match against Rublev. Okay, so, and then Fokina's had some epic matches too. In the last Wimbledon last year, he was in a fifth set super tiebreak and actually got a, like, a penalty against him where he, like, hit a ball out of the stands. It was like a second warning, and he lost the point. That's how he lost the match. So, Fokina's got some bad memories from Wimbledon. Um, That was kind of crazy to see. Uh, Moving down, Medvedev beat Fuskovic. Okay, Fuskovic in four sets. Fuskovic won the first. Medvedev won the next three pretty comfortably. Medvedev's had, let me just go back. He's had a pretty good draw. You know, he hasn't had, yeah, it's been pretty easy for him. Let me just say also that I'm surprised how good Fokina is on grass. I just assumed he was a clay court player, but the guy's got really strong legs. He's obviously like, a very good player and I was impressed even though he lost and like he said he kind of did shit himself uh he played well in grass Medvedev back to Medvedev he won he's had a good draw he'll end up playing um he'll end up playing Laheka god the guy's got a fucking good draw who beat Paul earlier anyway but on Fusk you know I got so when I see Fuskovich okay and the guy I've said this in another podcast the guy is like ripped Okay, uh, I don't know how you can get abs that way without injecting yourself. Okay, with straight up roids. Okay, meanwhile Brooksby, who literally doesn't have a muscle in his body, just got suspended for you know using some you know banned substances or at least not getting tested. Okay, he like was supposed to get tested three times. He missed all of those tests, so essentially you get a year long. I believe it's a year long suspension. So you just assume he was on something and he was avoiding it. Okay, so Brooksby is taking something that's banned and Fuskovic isn't. Tell me how that's possible. Maybe it's some like Hungarian formula that they've got there that's working well and, and they can hide it, but the guy's a beauty. He's got He's got a great body. But you know, maybe you actually don't want to be that muscular as a tennis player. He's not like, he's not like jacked. He's ripped, so it's possible, but... If you're that ripped, are you? could you be as flexible? That's a good question. I'm going to look that one up later. Not right now. Anyway, so like I said, Laheka beat Paul. Who cares? Yeah, that could have gone either way. Probably was going to go five because they're both pretty good, but but not great. Medvedev, it's possible that he loses. You know, just because him on grass, his positioning is a little weird sometimes. He still stands pretty far back on the returns, but he should get through that. Um, Eubanks, okay, that's come from basically nowhere. He did win Mallorca, and, you know, he was, like, on, apparently, I didn't know this, but he was, like, a commentator on tennis TV a couple years ago, kind of, like, you know, doing the professional tennis, you know, on the satellite tour, also commentating with tennis TV at times. Obviously, more focused on tennis these days because he's now going into the fourth round of Wimbledon. He has had a great draw. Okay, I'm not going to lie. He's had a very good draw, but still impressive. Boring to watch, though. Tall, lanky, very skinny. 
Very skinny. I feel like one of the, all he needs to do is just like slip a little bit the wrong way and his leg will snap in half. So I think he plays Tsitsipas next round who beat Dejir uh, from Serbia who somehow got to the third round in Wimbledon, uh, who's more of a clay court player. Uh, Tsitsipas beat him pretty easily. Um, and he's been, you know, it was nice to have an easy match after the team five-setter, the Murray five-setter, and now this. So he's looking pretty good. Um, and uh, Bedosa now has all the time in the world to support him because she is no longer in it. We'll go through that. We already talked about it, but we'll go through the women's draw as well. Sinner uh, beat Hallis, 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 the Frenchman. I said be careful for the uh, careful against this guy. I said Sinner's likely going to win. I said this on Twitter at Chris Hasekwat. But he's tricky. He's a good player. Uh, but Sinner is playing well. He's crushing his forehand. Um, Gallen beat Yemer. Yemer beat Fritz the round before. Okay, after Fritz was up two sets to none. And Yemer, okay, the um, the Swede who's originally from Ethiopia, doesn't really look Swedish. It's not racist. He just doesn't look Swedish. Okay, if you think he looks Swedish, then you're then you're just lying to everybody else. But uh, he is Swedish because that's where he grew up and that's who he plays for. Just doesn't look it. Uh, anyway, he lost in five to Gallen. Gallen, who's going to lose next round. Um, although this is a weak part of the draw. Holy shit, it's weak. Uh, Sinner's got a great draw. Um, and then Sufaline will play Chapo the next round. Chapo ended up beating Brody, okay, the Brit wildcard who beat Rude in the previous match. You know, obviously after having been so hyped, having such a great match, you know, all everybody's messaging you how great you are, how great of a match, you're not going to back it up. You know, it's very unlikely. And Chapo has seemed to hit his stride a little bit, okay? He seems to be playing pretty well. I think he plays Sufaline next round, so he should win that. Safaline, the Russian dude. So you never know with Chapo. He should win it. He might lose in straights, but he should win it. Um, so he's got a fucking great draw. And then I think he'd play Sinner in the quarters. Sinner plays Gallon, who's going to destroy. So it should be Sinner, Shapo in the quarters. We shall see. Um, Rublev beat Goffin. Bublik had an easy draw. Man, this, honestly, it's been weak. So Bublik plays Rublev next round. That'll be a good match. I don't know who's going to win that one. Um, it'll be good though. It'll be good. And, uh, man, okay, and then going down to the bottom, you got Hercatch, who beat Musetti in 3, 7, 6, 6, 4, 6, 4. Hercatch is starting to play well. I said, you know, going in, Hercatch hasn't been playing that well. So, you know, he's still going to be tricky. Djokovic needs to be careful, but he seems to actually starting to, like, really feel it. So Djokovic is going to need to be careful. Djokovic beat Warenka, as we already talked about. Um... In his third round, you know, Warenka was kind of trolling him and everybody else on on Twitter. I've actually never seen Warenka very active on Twitter. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, Warenka, you're going to lose in three. You're going to get destroyed. And he's basically like, yeah, I probably will. That's what he was saying. And he's like, yep, very unlikely. You know, Joker is basically the best ever. And I have really no chance. So he's using like kind of reverse psychology. He's kind of fucking with people. Uh, I liked it, to be honest. And like I said, you know, with that um, with that curfew, I thought, you know, if he's ever going to have a chance, maybe it would be 
this match. It didn't happen for him. Obviously, I still didn't think he was going to win. But um, anyway, but on, you know, I love Joker. Okay, and this was his post-game pre- press conference. I just want to show this one bit about when, you know, they asked about his next match against Hercatch and what he thinks. And this is what he had to say. And what I'm trying to say is, like, he is an, an extremely intelligent tennis player, obviously. But he thinks through his his opponents. He doesn't take anything for granted. Okay, have a listen. Because uh, he serves extremely powerful and good. And he um, covers the court very well. He has very long arms. So when he comes to the net, it's, he's got a very good feeling at the net. He closes the net very well. He plays a lot of doubles as well. He's had some very good success in doubles. So... He's comfortable to play also from the back of the court defending for a very tall guy. He defends very well. He even slides. And he comes he comes in and he covers the net very well. So just overall very complete player. I don't, I don't see too many too many holes in his game, really. Uh, so I, I know that that's going to definitely be the toughest uh, challenge for me of the, of the tournament so far. Uh, he didn't drop a set so far here in the tournament and I, I saw how he was playing he's, he's very comfortable playing on grass he beat Feather here some, some years ago so he's a player that doesn't mind playing on a, on a, on a big stadium um, and as you mentioned super nice guy And uh, so yeah okay so Djokovic you know what I mean he even says you know the guy obviously can play you know, on a center court, he beat Federer, he remembers that, you know, he, you know, obviously has studied his game, he's going to go in ready, her catch is good, but I just love the approach that Joker has taken, and I also love his his full sweatsuit, the Lacoste forest green sweatsuit that he's wearing, he seems to have figured his hair out as well, it's less frizzy than it used to be, I think it's just he's taken it a little bit shorter, got the sides a little bit tighter, he kind of he just looks like a boss right now. He's just kind of like grown into a very handsome man. Anyway, so that should be good. That should be probably maybe the best. Well, other than Alcaraz, Berrettini, there's going to be a lot of good fourth rounds. I'm actually excited to watch this. Uh, let's move to the ladies' singles, uh, the default draw, and. Um, Okay, so Swiatek plays Benchich in the fourth round. Swiatek should win that. She's obviously the best mover. Uh, and on grass, movement is important. Azarenka, like I mentioned before, will play Svitolina. Um, I think Azarenka will win this. And then I think Svitolina will not shake her hand. Pagula versus Serenko, who like had some... Serenko had this crazy third set I think it was a third set tiebreak it could have been second set tiebreak but she won it 20 to 18 I think it's the longest women's tiebreak in history okay and she like literally like her serve on that match she like bunted it in it it may have been 40 miles an hour but it may not have even been that it was pretty bad but she won the match Pagula has a good draw I thought Pagula would go kind of early because I just didn't think she was very good just overall let alone on grass but she could win that match. Um, Jabur beat my girl, my Canadian, my fellow Canadian Andronescu uh, in three today. She plays uh, Kvitova uh, next round. That'll be a good match. 
Rubikina, 16161 in 58 minutes. Just a, the most boring match you would ever want to watch. Paying for a ticket and watching that, I'd be pissed. And Sabalenka, so, Mir- so Keys is through. Sabalenka is through. She's in the bottom part of the draw. Holy shit. I tried watching some of Sabalenka's, just the highlights of her match. And she is screaming like a motherfucker. Like, excuse the language, but what? she hits a volley and she's screaming. She hits a freaking drop shot and she's grunting. I don't get it. Um, it, I told you that she's her personality. Just watch Breakpoint. She's a little crazy, and I think the women, you know, and maybe the men too, but definitely the women that are a little crazier happen to scream a little bit more on court. I'm just saying. And okay, I also noticed in her match that she's wearing like dark spandex under the white dress. Okay, and my recollection is that you're not allowed to do that at Wimbledon. I think Eugenie Bouchard had done that at one point and she had to change for the next match. I think Federer one time had literally colored bottom the bottom of his tennis soles when he was with Nike. Okay, were colored and he couldn't wear those the next match. Yet Sabalenka is wearing a fully like black spandex like under her tennis dress. Personally, I think it's kind of an F you or a slight to Wimbledon after she wasn't allowed to play last year because she's from Belarus. That's my thinking, okay? But I'm surprised they're letting her do it. Maybe she won't be allowed to do it next match and they're calling her out. Or there's been a bit of a a rule change around that. But either way, I was surprised to see it. Um, I think that is it. I didn't really mention the Bedosa match when she lost. You know, she's got a bad back. Okay, she has obviously had a pretty tough year. I don't know if all of her injuries have just been her back or it's something else. I don't know if this was a, you know, a Sitsipas injury. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Uh, or if this had happened with her ex boyfriend. Or it's just a tennis injury. I don't know. Probably just a tennis injury. Um, but her back is bad. As a result, she also pulled out of mixed doubles. Uh, so her and Sitsipas will not be entering the mixed doubles draw, which means nobody is going to watch a mixed mixed doubles match. Don't even know why it's still um, even being played. I don't even know why they still include it in the Grand Slams, to be honest. Nobody really cares, um, myself included. And um, I think that's it. I could talk about Bedosa's quote, her uh, dream that she had about uh, Sitsipas. Okay, like even though I feel bad for Bedosa, she just had to retire. The commentator, so why am I picking on Bedosa? But I'm going to, just because I love the drama. So Bedosa said, (laughs) okay, so earlier when she was still in the draw and in a good mood, I'm going to quote it. So she was asked about something and she said, this is Bedosa. Yeah, well, I was injured in Australia. I watched this match, the final. Of course, I had jet lag because I was in Spain. I decided to watch that match. By the way, it's in very small print what I'm reading right now. I'm not that terrible of a reader. I'm just trying to actually read these words right now. Okay, I can't. I can hardly see them. Uh, and then she said, "Surprising because I never dream about tennis players, but I dreamt about him that night, and we were both winning Australian Open. Then it was like we were having a very romantic moment. But I'm not going to explain. I'm just going to leave it there." And then, bra- and then in bracket, laughter. 
Okay. If I was if I was President Biden, I would have actually just said laughter, not knowing that it was her laughter. I just would have ended with the quote laughter. But I'm not 110 years old. Okay, I'm 40. So anyway, I'm you know, it sucks that she had to pull out, but it seems like they're still happy. And um, that's why I mentioned the back injury, okay? Because obviously it's a frisky relationship. God, where am I going with this? I'm just going to end this podcast now, okay? Guys, I'm your host, Chris Hasekwat. Please subscribe. May not have even been one of my better podcasts, but please subscribe anyway. Follow me on Twitter, at Chris Hasekwat. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.